Thank you, kids. Thank you. You know, I don't know what it's like at your house, but sometimes uh, our kids are watching and they're learning things from us when we're not really trying to teach something or we're not hoping that they're watching. I saw a program uh, the other evening, one of those funny home videos, uh, and it was set up as the things that kids say. And uh, what, what you watched in this home video was a two-year-old in the back of a car in their car seat trying to get their buckles together on their own. And you don't see dad, but you just hear dad's voice. Apparently he's holding the camera. And he says to this two-year-old child trying to buckle up, would you like some help? And without skipping a beat, this two-year-old said to dad, no, you drive. You take care of yourself. You just take care of yourself. You drive. And it was kind of cute and humorous, humorous to see this little kid tell dad, you just drive and worry about yourself. But I thought, you know, that two-year-old didn't figure that out on their own. They, they picked that up from somewhere. And I could just imagine that maybe dad likes to tell mom to put on her seatbelt. And mom says, you just drive. You worry about yourself. And, and just pick this up from somewhere. And then they repeat it at the most inopportune times sometimes. You know, it goes the other way as well. Sometimes our kids have impactful moments of learning, and we don't realize how impactful they are. This last week, we've been on vacation, and we were with uh, my family, and uh, Caden was asking her grandma and grandpa, my mom and dad, what are some of the things that dad did when he was little? And I had to suffer through all those things that they would share. And then Caden would talk to me and say, what are some of the things that that you remember when you were little. And as I began to share some of them, it was interesting to me that my parents didn't remember half of them. Things that were very impactful and meaningful for me, it's not always that obvious when it is sinking into our head. And one of those that came to my mind this morning that, that really stuck out for me is I will never forget riding in the van with my dad on a long trip. He was driving. I was sitting in the passenger seat next to him. And somehow in our conversation, the question or the thought came up that dad told me that he loved me. And I remember asking for whatever reason, how much? And I'll never forget. I could see it right now. I could almost smell the environment. It's just like I was there. He took his hands off the wheel when he was driving. Now, don't try this, but this is what he did. He took his hands off the wheel while he was driving the van, and he said, I love you this much. I thought it was so cool that Dad could drive the van with no hands, just like I could drive my bike with no hands. I thought, this is great. But I had an image in my mind of how much my dad loved me. You know, our kids have been learning things this week that I believe are impactful moments where the simple yet very profound and powerful truth that Jesus loves them has been sinking in in their hearts. And it's my prayer today that we'll not just celebrate what our kids have been learning, but allow God to give us another impactful moment of this simple and very powerful and profound truth of how much Jesus loves you and me. Would you take your Bible and turn with me to Luke chapter 17? Uh, I'm going to read verse 11 through 19. I want you to have your Bible in your hand. And, uh, and see, this is not just something I'm making up. This is God's Word. These are real-life encounters and stories of people experiencing God's great love through Jesus. Luke chapter 17, 11 through 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. 
They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When they saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice and threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Our kids learned on that first day that even when you're left out, even when you feel alone, even when you feel like you're on the margin of society, Jesus loves you. Now, scholars tell us that most likely in this day when they talked about leprosy, it may not be the leprosy we know of now, but it was a multitude of skin diseases that were not curable and that would be very, very contagious. And the rules, the law was you had to be on the outside of town, kept at a distance from people for fear that this disease would spread to everybody else. I can't imagine having such a disease where you had to physically leave your family, you had to be ostracized, and if someone was coming close to you, the law would state that you had to call out, unclean! And yet Jesus made his way to them. His love for them was so, so real that when they were left out, when they were alone, Jesus sought after them and with his love brought healing to them. I've never had leprosy. I've never had a contagious skin disease. I guess I've had athlete's foot. But that's not been something that's been a major concern to me. But I've felt alone. I have felt left out of a situation, and no doubt if you are alive, if you are breathing, you have felt alone, you have felt left out as well. And Jesus wants to remind us of a truth. For most of us here, it's not brand new. But we need to hear it again, that he loves you so much, and even when you feel left out, even when you feel alone, he is more than enough, and his love is enough for you. Do you feel left out? Of a friendship circle. As adults, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, we don't usually verbalize it. I'm left out. But we act out because we feel that way. We begin to treat other people differently because we don't feel accepted. We begin to harbor bitterness. We begin to build walls between us and other people. And the truth of God's word is just as real for us today. Jesus loves you right where you feel left out. Matthew 28, 20, we've heard this from one of our kids. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Is it enough for you today to know that Jesus loves you and that he's with you? That's the promise in God's word. I believe it's a truth for somebody today that can have an impactful moment. You didn't plan on coming necessarily to have an aha moment with God. But he planned on giving you an aha moment of how much he loves you. Even when you're left out, he loves you. On day two, our kids, you heard them talk about it. Even though you're different, Jesus loves you. John 4, 1 through 30. Take your Bible and turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 4. I'm not going to read verse 1 through 30, but I want you to see it in your hands as as you begin to look at this real-life account of what Jesus did reaching out to this Samaritan woman. Some of you have heard this passage before. You know that this Samaritan was a group of people from the other side of the tracks, the ones who did not get along with the Jews. The Jews did not get along with them. They were the other people. And in that day and age, for Jesus, a man to go speak to a woman, yet alone a Samaritan woman, would have been very taboo. And that's the scenario we find. 
And at this well, Jesus talks about more than just physical water. He talks about living water. And as he's talking to this woman who's getting water from the well, in her perplexed nature, she says, Are you saying you've got more than the one who created this well, Abraham, our father, who who drank from this well himself and his kids and his livestock? This has been our life source. And Jesus says, if you drink of this water, you're going to get thirsty again. But the water I talk about, the water I offer, is far greater and you'll never thirst again. She becomes interested in this. As Jesus talks with her, he reads her mail. He can see into her life and he says, go bring your husband back and I'll give you this water. And she says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus sees the truth and he says, not only do you not have a husband, you've been with five men. He begins to call out the disobedience in her life and the guilt in her life. And she's not only different because she's a Samaritan. She's not only different in that day because she was a woman. He was different because of her guilt. And and Jesus began to call that out. And she said, obviously you're a prophet. And she said, you know, I've heard about the Messiah, the Christ, the one who will bring hope to us. And Jesus gives her that hope and says, I am he, the one you're speaking about. I am the Messiah. The love that she receives from Jesus. The forgiveness that she receives from Jesus. She spreads and tells everybody around. Our kids talked about that. But it's important to know that when you feel different, when you know that you are different, when you don't fit in, Jesus is enough. He loves you. I've never been a Samaritan. I've never lived in this culture and context where it would be strange for a man to have a conversation with a woman like this. But I've been in situations, and you have too, where you know and you feel very different. You feel judged. You feel like you are the other person. Jesus, in his love, meets you right there. Not only did our kids learn about how Jesus loves us when we're different, but on a third day, even though you do wrong, Jesus Loves you. James 4.17 tells us anyone who knows the good that he or she ought to do and doesn't do it sins. The Bible tells us that all sin separates us from God. And so in the midst of us doing wrong, Pastor Katrina shared with us in, in first service that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While I was still going my way, Jesus loved me so much that he paid my sin debt for me. Before I ever turned to him. As simple as I can put it, before I ever gave a rip about God, he gave a rip about me. He loved me. His provenient grace came running after me. Even though I have done wrong, Jesus still loves me. Hear the word of the Lord in 1 John 4.10. God loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sin. The final day, the final thought that our kids have been talking about is that even when you are afraid, you see, when you begin to see how much Jesus loves you, it changes you. It changes who you are. It changes how you respond to him. And you begin to want to move in obedience. I'll never forget when I was at Olivet Nazarene University and, and uh, 
I was studying for the ministry and I was taking all kinds of classes of, of Bible classes and Greek classes and philosophy classes and, and learning so much. And a part of that environment is, is learning to critique and be critiqued. And, and it was a good thing for me, but something in my own spiritual life was was askew, and there was some weird stuff growing on me, and, and I had chosen my church service, was the latest one that started at College Church, and they met in an auditorium there, and it was at Kresge Hall, the last service of the day, it was about 100 yards from my dorm room, so I could roll out of bed, not comb my hair, I, I did have hair, and, and I would get into the back seat of that auditorium and get my ticket punched, figuratively, that I was at church. And it wasn't a problem with the school, it was a problem with my heart as I was being critical of who was speaking or critical of who was leading worship or critical of how other people worship as I was beginning to learn and trying to exercise this newfound skill set. Something wasn't resonated in my heart. It's amazing how much we know when we're in college and, and then no one else knows anything else. But I was sitting there in that auditorium and I'll never forget the Lord speaking to me in one of those times I didn't plan on it was very impactful for me. The band was leading a closing song and there was a bass guitar player. Have you noticed that bass guitar players often have very few notes to play, but they move around the most. They're like bebopping and jiving everywhere and they're excited about the note they get to play. And this bass player was one of those guys. I mean, he had like two chords to play, but he was really getting into it. And as he was getting into it, something caught my attention out of the corner of my eye. There was a little girl off to this side, and she was just dancing. And she was excited. And she would look up to this guy, and this guy would nod at her, and she came up. And evidently, this was the father of that daughter, and she got permission from dad to come up, and she was just dancing beside him. And it got a hold of my heart. Because this little girl, in the presence of her dad, who loved her so much, she understood more about worship than I understood. There was a freedom for her to express her love for God and receive the love from her father and her heavenly father in a way that I couldn't get with the schooling that I was getting. It wasn't anything wrong with the school. There's nothing wrong with education. But there was something wrong in my heart that I had taken what God put so simply before me and tried to tack things on to what God's love was when I wasn't just receiving who Jesus is. I'm not a very good dancer. I was raised in a Nazarene home. Though, like some of my Nazarene friends who say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have to go to dance 101 because there is a biblical form of worship and dance. And I believe when we get to heaven, we're going to celebrate. And there's some kids up here today who are worshiping God full body. I mean, their ankles, their toes, their feet were worshiping God. And, and, and they understood how to respond to a God who loves them, head over heels in love with them. Before they ever understood them, he loved them. Before they could get a grasp of who God was, he loved them. It's that kind of love of a father when we not only get it, when we are gotten by that love, it causes us to live differently. And sometimes when we obey that kind of heavenly father, we can get fearful. He calls us to do some things and go to some places and and say some things that maybe make us a little bit afraid. And on that day four, as I was talking about a moment ago, even when we are afraid, Jesus loves us and his love is enough for us then. Our kids learn from Acts chapter 9, verse 1 through 19. And instead of me reading this passage to you, I'm going to ask some helpers to come up. And and I want you to watch this skit. This is how 
our children's team had brought the scriptures to life each week at VBS of how when one person was afraid, Ananias, Jesus' love for him and for Saul was more than enough and got him through this tough time. Watch this skit with me. <laughs> 